When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Call. Ten stocks picked by you. Two expert guests. I'm not David Kosh. I'm Nadine Blaney. All in the course of an hour. It is the 5th of April, and it's really good to be here with you. I've already brought a smile to the face of my guests. <laughs> Every day. Pleased to welcome to the studio Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Look at how dapper you two I know. are today. Oh, absolutely. I know. Just for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just for you, Mr. Kosh. All right. Yeah. I, think, yeah, I think it's for each other more than anything. They do say women dress up for each other rather than the opposite sex. Yeah, Perhaps right. we've got right. that going on here. Yeah. All right, guys. I don't want to waste time. This is going to be a good program. We have some interesting companies to talk about, all nominated by you, our viewers. So thank you for that. Saturn Metals, STN, Platinum Asset Management, PTM, Mervac, Hillgrove Resources, HGO, and Santos. But I did think uh, that we should start, as per usual, with the stock of the day. I'll detail it for you, and Adam, don't yes, worry. Thank you. Viva Energy <laughs> is buying convenience retailer on the run for $1.15 billion. The deal is for a network of 205 convenience retail stores, and it will see Viva Energy become one of the biggest non or sorry, the biggest non-government employer in South Australia. So that is just a little fun fact for the day, saying that it will be replacing the Coles Express brand over time. So get used to saying OTR. That's according to CEO Scott Wyatt. So let's get a view on the stock of the day from my expert guests. Uh, Henry, I'll start with you for Viva Energy because this is a company that uh, a lot of analysts have been pretty positive on, given the uh, the atmosphere for energy prices in particular and its push into retail. Uh, yeah, and it looks like a good deal. The market seems to like it. The stock's up uh, over 5% today. Uh, they're not issuing any equity only to the company they're buying on the, uh, on the run. So it, it looks like the market likes this. They have got a pile of cash uh, and they're using that for this deal, which is good. And, you know, petrol retailing at the moment the margins must be big and fat let's face it it's a pretty good business and of course adding the convenience stores as well is good um i can't see anything wrong with this deal the stock keeps sort of grinding slightly higher it's had a bit of a blip up today so um yeah it's um it looks okay interesting back in reporting season macquarie did flag that there could be further acquisitions on the horizon. So when you think about Viva Energy, even apart mm. from this acquisition that was yeah. made today, um, look, it had pretty strong result that came through. Quality of earnings was better considering dividend you've got retail. Well. Yeah, dividend was was good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got retail, commercial uh, earnings growth. Um, what happens though? in terms of refining, refining margins. Is that the big question when it comes to Viva always going forward? Well, yeah, it is absolutely because we're beheld by the Singapore refining station, I guess, or the, so everything has to go through Singapore. So really those refining margins are very um, lucrative for the refiner, but Ampol or, or Viva, um, these guys are the ones that have to sort of take those prices as they come through that refining margin. So. Potentially, yeah, it's an okay thing. One of the things that I did see in uh, this announcement is that uh, OTR, they are um, part of the deal getting Smoke Mart, uh, which is a t- and, and gift box tobacco. So some wholesaler of cigarettes uh, in there as well. I suspect they might divest some of that with ESG being a, a bit of an issue going forward. So they might sort of digest that. But overall, it looks like a really good deal. You know, I've always seen this one as more of a, a, a REIT. So in other words, just a mm. real estate, you know, looking for that sort of property side of things. Um, but yeah, management look really good at the moment and um, it's all moving in the right direction for them. I don't think I got whether it's a buy, hold or sell from either of you. Henry? I'd say it's a hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll stay with a hold as well. Um, just on that price action alone, 
potentially it looks like it's breaking out, broken out, but I think it potentially could come back and retest those levels so hold. There we go. That's the stock of the day and it's a hold from both of my guests. Let's get to the first stock. Now, this was Pat picked by Suraj, and it is Saturn Metals. It is a gold explorer. Suraj writes that it's recently had some good news. You know, the gold price smashed through 2000 just in the most previous session. But this company, he said, is just shy of its all-time lows. Looks like it is a good long-term play. Is it a good long-term play? I mean, when you think about the explorers in the gold space, Adam, can you ever say that anything is a long-term hold? Yeah, not with gold, that's for sure. And looking looking really good at the moment, isn't it? You know, that, that, that whole gold price, as well as the uneasiness in the market around banking crisis and all these other things, it certainly looks like it's, uh, you know, the gold space. I will always stay with the quality end of the market. So uh, taking out Newcrest, you've got Northern Star and Evolution are probably the two. Northern Star would be my number one pick. Evolution has already reported a write down of 60 to $70 million on a couple of their uh, gold projects that they've had to put in care and maintenance. So there's gonna be some earnings downgrades there. But overall, Saturn Metals, looks okay they incurred a fairly big loss last december which is understandable because they're all basically exploration but they're looking to bring a large-scale low-cost apollo hill as their gold project in western australia and certainly western australia it has the infrastructure and it has everything there as well just be a little bit careful the market cap of this stock is 29 million and 151 million shares on issue so there's not a lot of paper going around and it's not a, a, an intensive market cap of where it is at the moment but for me, I'd always stick with the quality. So for me, this one would be a no, I would say. Avoid. Avoid. Better deals out there, better yeah. companies out there. Is there any reason, Henry, to throw a few bucks at an explorer in the gold space when the, you've got other quality names? Uh, there's always reasons to throw a few bucks at things, let's face it. So um, this one, it's got a couple of projects. The Apollo Hill, as um, Adam says, it's also got one in New South Wales, West Wyalong. Uh, so that looks kind of interesting, that sort of Cadia and Evolution uh, territory, so that's interesting. It has done very little, the results are not too bad. We've got a gold price that's gone pretty well. I mean, yeah. it went through, what, 2,000 US, um, nearly got to 3,000 Aussie. So the gold explorers and the gold miners should be licking their lips at the moment and thinking this is pretty good. The explorers tend to sort of lag the producers. So the quality names, as Adam says, the Northern Stars, the Newcrest, the Evolutions tend to move first and then you kind of get the explorers get dragged up. So mm. this one's got potential. The results coming through aren't too bad. Um, you know, West Wyalong is not, um, it's been producing before. You know, 100 years ago, it was churning out quite a lot of gold. So, you know, they, they, there is gold in them, their hills, mm -hmm. as they say. So I think this one's got potential. It is trading down on its lows. I think it got down to about 15, 16 cents, now about 20 cents. You know, if you were a punter, why not? I'd say a buy. Let's go. It's a speculative buy, as they all will be. But if gold hovers around two grand, these explorers are going to start to attract <coughs> some attention. And there's no reason why gold can't stay up at this elevated level and continue to go higher because we've been calling the gold price higher now for years yep. and it's done nothing. Like it's, you know, and every well, time- Well, that would be one good reason why it might stay, <laughs> not stay yeah. this high, right? Well, yeah, potentially, but I think the the sentiment in the market has definitely changed. Mm. And that sentiment, you know, we're not hearing so much about Bitcoin anymore. So that was obviously a reason potentially why gold didn't move. Inflation has always crept up and we always think that's a great hedge against inflation, but nothing happened as well. But only since the banking crisis, Credit Suisse, these kinds of things, everyone's now started to move into that gold sector. So there's no reason why it can't continue to stay at, at elevated levels. I love how we call it a banking crisis. Well, that's it what was. That's Credit, what everybody's saying it Debit is. Swiss has been in crisis forever. Correct. It has been in crisis forever. And SVB was just a, a social media run on a badly run, mismanaged bank. Yes, second tier bank, absolutely. Yeah, but badly run. Is that not a crisis? Well, it didn't seem a crisis. The Dow and everything, you're looking at us, sorry. I'm happy. I'm really happy to just sit here. But you know, the US market just cruised through it. Yeah. 
It did. It was weird. Well, know. we had JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon overnight Diamond, yep. Diamond saying that um, it's not you over. know it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. He's talking about fa tighter financial conditions, which I think is accepted. Yeah. I think it's quite accepted that it, we're not in crisis mode now, but mm -hmm. that the reverberations are still being felt. Okay, I've settled that one. Let's move on. So Saturn yeah. Metals is right. a specky buy. <laughs> That's how we're playing it today, folks. All right, let's get to the next on the list, which is Platinum Asset Management. Like that was not a good most recent update coming from the company. A couple of things that stood out to me, elevated staff costs, lower management fees. Um, I know that when it comes to these fund managers, it's all about the flows. I mean, we've learned that with Magellan today, right? <laughs> yep. Henry, what do you think of Platinum Asset Management? Um, I put this one in the small cap portfolio, uh, I have to say. I'm, recently? Or? Yeah, recently, after the, after the downgrade, mm -hmm. after the big, big hit. Um, they have got some issues without question. Uh, certainly the, uh, the staff are doing quite well because they are performing, the funds are actually performing, but that is a lagging effect. You know, once the funds perform, then it's a question of marketing. If your wiggly line is above the wiggly line of the market, you can go out and market yourself and the funds should come in the door. That is the, the good thing. The other thing that I like about this one is that um, Regal is lurking. I think Regal's got about 7% of this one. They yeah. missed out on the whole um, Pendle mm -hmm. deal. And uh, they, I think there's, you know, consolidation in this sector needs to happen, let's face it. And, you know, we've seen Kerr Nielsen agitate a little bit. He's not a happy shareholder. So that there's obviously, I think, a deal to be done there. Uh, probably a merger of Platinum with somebody else. ETFs are hurting the whole fund management industry, yep. without question. And you only got to look at Magellan today with that uh, near $4 billion loss of funds under management yet again. Yeah. Um, it's not pretty, but these guys, the problem with Magellan is it's not performing. Their funds are not performing. With Platinum, the funds are performing, but they have to pay the staff because that's the way their bonus system works. Mm. But then the funds under management take a little while to come in. It doesn't happen instantly. You've got to go out there and you know, advertise the fact that you're doing well on your performance. So I kind of like this one. It's not that exciting, I must admit. Pays a relatively okay dividend, and I think there's some corporate appeal. For me, it's still a buy. Do you agree, disagree, somewhere in between? Uh, well, I disagree with the buy. I think the continued outflows, I think there was uh, showed a funds under management of 18.5 billion and 153 million of outflows in January. So I've only got sort of data from a couple of months ago. But certainly outflows are continuing across the sector. So mm -hmm. it's really, really tough to pick. So for me, it would be a hold because I want to see fund inflows starting to come in and potentially the market then rallies on the back of those fund inflows. But for me, yeah, it, it's certainly a hold. I am. I think overall their style is very interesting. They're very bullish on China. They've, they've come out to the press and said that they are bullish on China, which is probably not a bad thing, but um, some of their style is a little bit different and, and certainly their distribution uh, pays a decent little dividend as well. I think it's a seven cent, X, uh, seven cent div, so it doesn't look too bad as well. I'd just stay on a hold with it. If you've got it, you know, you'd be there. But I don't think fund managers are the place to be, especially when you can pick better stocks sometimes than the fund manager. Yeah, sure. or why not invest with the fund if their performance is, yeah, well, if they're outperforming well, rather that, that, than that's, that's very shares. true, that's very true. Mm. Okay, good chat. Let's get on <laughs> to the next company on the list. That's Mervac. This is for Jeremy. He's saying, please have a look at Mervac and if possible, compare it to a smaller player like Stockland. So I'm just looking at what the brokers are saying in terms of Mervac. We've got a buy from Ord Minette, UBS, Morgan Stanley, Macquarie pretty neutral on it, and City has a buy as well. Um, City saying that um, the most recent release, the interim was release was a really strong beat and that it wouldn't be surprised if the share price loses momentum in the aftermath of the result because of the strength that it had seen going into it but pointing to commercial development profits, higher retail net operating income, higher management income as well. So it sounds mm. as if the diversification of Mervac, in at least City's view, is you yeah. know, a real bonus. Well, certainly diversification in any business is, 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 is interesting or, or, or possible, but I think with this one is that you've got to wait and see a little bit. Um, certainly higher interest rates will, will have hurt the REIT sector, and you can see that in, in the chart. But overall, um, 
Mervac's got Resi as well as Office. Does it have Office? I think it does have some Office. So it's, I think it's I don't a. I know if Mervac has Office. Yeah, I, it's I, got house building. They've definitely yeah. got Resi. Uh, I and think retail. And, they, and they, do, they do have offices. They do have do offices as well. So there, there's that, the diversification that they're talking about. However, I don't think that I want to be in Resi and I really don't want to be in Office as well. So I prefer to be in industrial space. So Goodman Group is my number one pick in that space. It always has been and potentially always will be. Uh, but I think overall Mervac is in at the moment is in a holding pattern. You can see that by the share price as well. Not much going on there. For me, um, I'd be neutral on the stock or a hold, uh, but waiting for interest rates to top out and potentially start to come down would be the time to potentially look at this one because of its resi and office development market. Okay. <clears throat> Well, Henry, what do you think of Mervac Group? And maybe if you care, you know, to, to compare it to something like a Stockland, I'm just looking, you know, the brokers are pretty much the same when it comes to Stockland, a bit wishy-washy neutral from Ords, yep. uh, you know, um, Macquarie City overweight, Morgan Stanley and UBS is a buy. Yeah, I, I think they're both pretty much similar, to be honest. You know, they're both pretty neutral, both holds, uh, both got big exposure to residential. Uh, Mervac does have some office development exposure as well. What worries me in this whole space at the moment is the Porter Davis mm. style contagion. You know, we talked about in the GFC, the bankers were the, were the bad guys, were the contagion in banking. No one wanted to do business with anybody because they weren't sure if they were going to get paid or the, the name was going to be around. Given what's happened in Porter Davis recently, which was not a small builder, Victoria, Queensland uh, based mainly, but if you're a tradie, and I was reading this morning in the paper, you know, one poor guy's own, owed 550 grand mm. by these guys. He's got no chance of getting it back. He's got orders that he's got in the pipeline. It's tough. And if you're a tradie, do you trust the guy that's subcontracted you to do the work? And similarly, if you're a buyer of properties mm. and you're buying a new property, how do you feel with Porter Davis where you've got a half-finished house, you put down all the money and they walk off the job or they even set light to it? Yeah. We've seen that. So I'm not suggesting that Mervac and Stockland are in that category, but when you get this contagion in an industry, we had it in banking and we talked about a banking crisis, but you know, there's a construction crisis going on and I think short term that will need to play out. So I can't get too excited about residential house builders. Admittedly, these guys are you know strong, and very well backed and got great asset backing. But the problems that Porter Davis has with, with fixed price contracts mm. for houses and the escalating costs, staff costs, wet weather, etc. Mervac and Stockland are not immune to this. So for me, we've got an economy that's slowing, interest rates that could go up a smidge more. Why be there? Mm. It's also um, lack of supply in the major metropolitan areas as well. So that's yep. really for something like a Mervac and a Stockland. Stockland's more got the land banks sort of further out, so I think they're a little bit more immune to this. But Mervac definitely trying to find that residential side of things. Um, that really makes a difference for overall the, the, um, the business, as well as um, trying to get, um, I don't know, it, yeah, it's just, it, why be there, I think is the, is the right way to look at it, Henry. Why be there, even though we've got the RBA on hold, the pause coming through? Why did they do that? You tell I, me. I, Why did they do that? I, 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 that's two let me reasons. tell you what grinds my gears. Okay. You're right. Because if they'd have gone another 25 basis points, left it as is, paused for six months, yes, they kept their powder dry, but how about they just get it over with? We're not talking about it anymore. The market's not on tender hooks. Are they going to do this? Are they not going to do this? Get it over and done with. Six months later, we can come back and find out what's going on. But that's what I think they should but have done. But really and true, I mean, really and truly, we've had 10 rises. Yep. One more would have made no difference okay. whether they pause or push it up a little bit. A hold was positive, a raise was positive. I agree. Yep. As long as we get it out of the way. And I think, you know, we've got the RBA chief speaking today, today. at lunchtime, the press yep. club. So mm -hmm. I'll be interested yep. to see what he has to say. But I think there's two reasons that he didn't raise rates. The Porter Davis situation, okay, because of the construction industry. There are obviously some Inflation's issues. Inflation's still ridiculously high, though. Well, yeah, but it's coming down. But the problem is now we've got oil prices going up. Yep. And that's going to push inflation a little bit higher as well. And that the RBA can't fight oil price inflation with interest rates. 
But the rise in oil is an interest rate rise. But so, it's more democratic. At least it's spread out. So the OPEC is our next central bank. It always has been. Has it? It's been the it's been the swing swing central bank, isn't well, it? I was speaking with a guest yesterday who said that as soon as we stopped investing in oil in gas in a meaningful way, we basically gave the keys to OPEC Plus. Yeah, that's a good idea. Which and, just resonated. And they um, don't like us. No. <laughs> Saudi and Russia don't really like the West. Well, okay. And they've shown that. I'm going to bring this Here back on track. So I will go. say, and it's a good reminder, thank you, Adam. I'll thank you for this, that the RBA Governor, Philip Lowe, is speaking at the National Press Club at 12.30, so just a few minutes if you're watching live, uh, to wait for. And we'll try to bring you some of the key points throughout the next hour or so. And keep in mind the Q&A is when a lot of the really juicy stuff comes through, but he will start his official speech at the National Press Club. It is intriguingly titled Monetary Policy, <laughs> Demand and Supply. Wow. Yeah, they've got Crack great headline writers there. Genius. Okay, let's get to Hillgrove Resources. HGO is the ticker code if you're not familiar with it. I was not, this is for John. He said it appears to be into copper and gold, two very sought after commodities at the present. Because we talked gold, let's focus in on copper. I obviously had to look this one up as I'm sure you, know, you guys may have as well, but it says that it's developing Australia's next high grade copper gold mine. <laughs> I know you guys at Sean Partners are believers yes. in the long-term story for copper. Yes. Do you want to get in on the ground floor with something like Hillgrove Resources? No. Um, the only reason why is is that 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 copper player. I think it's near term, so in a couple of years they'll be sort of doing some production on that. Eighty million dollar market cap, one and a half billion shares on issue, and that's the reason why I don't think you get involved in this one because there's a lot of paper sitting there. They did a cap raise at 5.3 cents with $39 million insto and about a $2.2 million uh, share purchase plan at 5.3. The stock's at 5.3 at the moment. So it really hasn't done much. Uh, I love copper. I think copper is definitely going to be in shortage and it's definitely going to be needed. But I would wait until this comes to near-term production or getting into production before you start to look at this one as an investment. So it would be a no from me. Avoid. I don't know about a void, um, but if you've got it, you probably want to hold it because there's no reason to tip it out. The the, the share placement has come and gone. Yep. Uh, but as Adam says, it's it's hovering around the same price. So there's obviously a little bit of indigestion to come. This project's been around for a long, long time, mm-hmm. um, and it has its moments. And I think you know, in days to come, it will have its moments again. But whether those moments will be double the share price remains to be seen. But copper generally and gold specifically at the moment are pretty hot kind of topics. Not so much copper. I think copper's faded a little bit, but certainly gold. If this can sort of just clear that indigestion, we have seen some directors buying as well, yeah, which is that. always right. a good sign. So I'd be on this with a bit of a specky buy, I've got to say, just on the back of the gold. And finally, you know, mining projects take a long time and this one has taken a long time. So as Adam says, it's always a worry when you get lots of bits of paper because you know they've basically just been issuing bits of paper. Raising money. For a, yeah, raising money forever and a day. Um, but I think around 5.3, maybe it is a spec buy. If they can get some good news, direct to buying, and we are getting closer to the project coming to some sort of fruition. Mm-hmm. Okay, so closer to development and therefore yep. production. You're in a specky buy mood today, Henry. He's in a good mood, isn't I he? I am. He's in a good I mood. I think it must be the tie. It, it must be, be the, or the company. <laughs> could be the company. Must be the company. I think it is. Is it sunny outside still? I can't tell. Um, look, Centos is number five on the list. We were just talking about OPEC Plus. So we had the war in Ukraine, as you all well know, sadly still ongoing, but really did put a fire under the price of oil last year and then kind of faded away until OPEC Plus now has people talking again about the possibility of $100 a barrel, right? So there's always a dynamic in the oil market, but fundamentally, to my point earlier, uh, you know, it's a transition fuel. We're told that time and time again. It's a long transition. It is (laughs) a long transition. So do you want to be holding or do you want to be buying something like Centos? Um, yes, in theory, um, but at the moment I would be happy to hold it only because we do have a budget coming up. We have a new government with some new 
um, deals being done on fossil fuels and emissions and uh, oil and gas companies. We've also got potentially a, a look again at the petroleum resource rent tax, uh, which could happen in the budget. We're a month away from the budget. There is no hurry. Um, this has been trading in a bit of a range. The oil prices obviously helped it. Look, there we go. It's hardly been spectacular, yeah, has it? Let's yeah. face it. The oil price yeah. goes up you know, 10% in a couple of days and Santos, yeah. big yawn. Does nothing. Um, so I, I think we just, we just need to wait a little bit for that uh, for the government and things to settle down a little bit. They, they tend to be in the news quite a bit um, on various... Um, I think they were in the news yesterday about some... Uh, some First Nations issues with uh, one of their projects yet again. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, both the Woodside and Santos, I think the jury is out until we get through the budget and we know how the land lies. And if you want to play the, the oil price, you know, my favourite one still is Karoon, uh, which has been doing very well. Brazilian uh, oil and gas play uh, is uh, kind of on a bit of maintenance at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they had a shut-in. I had a shut-in. But yeah. they said that it's not going to impact their production guidance going forward. No, it's interesting as well. With the shut-in, they're doing a lot of maintenance. Now, interestingly, the Brazilian government slapped a temporary tax, which I think runs till July. So ah. if you were going to do your maintenance... Why and not have a do bit it now? Of, why not do it now when you've got no revenue so you don't pay as much tax? And then you, when the, the flows from the new power uh, thing is, is pretty good. So guidance, not a problem. Why not just pause mm. and not pay quite so much the Brazilian government? Might be a bit tactical, but I like Karun still. Okay, Karun over Santos. Uh, Santos, let's start with yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so over, there's obviously, as Henry has eloquently put, that there are some near-term hurdles that the company needs to get over and budget obviously being one of those ones. We always said that Santos is the most leveraged to the oil price. But really looking back at that chart, it really isn't that leverage at all. Yeah. And in fact, it's just <clears throat> indigestion problems with the with the merger. But overall, it really has been disappointing. Or, or you could say that it hasn't fallen as much as the overall market, so it's actually doing okay. But the growth projects they need to get on track. I think there's still a question around that Papua New Guinea LNG side of things um, for investors. I'm never a fan of Papua New Guinea, so I'm always a little bit cautious on that. But Santos and Woodside are our two top picks in the space. I would stay with Woodside. However, Woodside's got a fair bit of CapEx issues, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, so for me, Santos is a buy. I'm going to stay with a buy on it. Um, overall, really comfortable with it. But it's just got to perform, and it really hasn't. So hopefully this new uplift in the oil price, if it does get to $100, potentially uh, we might see Santos get over that $8 mark and start to move higher. But um, only time will tell. So it's a buy from me. Buy for a Santos first buy from Adam Dawes today. Do we celebrate? Well, yeah. Why don't I sum up what we've learned so far <laughs> instead? All right, for Viva Energy, it's a hold from both of my guests. Looks like a pretty solid deal in Henry's view, but uh, nothing to get too, too excited about right now. Saturn Metals, thanks for bringing it to our attention. It's a specky buy for Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Adam prefers to stay with quality in the gold space. Northern Star is his number one pick. It's a no from him. Platinum Asset Management, it is a hold for Adam. It is a buy for Henry, who's recently put it in a small cap portfolio. He also points out that Regal is lurking and reckons that it's just a lag time before performance starts getting reflected in the numbers. At Mervac Group, it is a wait and see from both of my guests, so a hold from both. But Adam, again, has been generous to give us his bonus buy in the stock, which is Goodman. He just really still likes that industrial space. Hillgrove Resources, another specky buy from Henry. He likes to see directors buying gold, copper, very hot right now. And he reckons it will eventually come to fruition. Uh, Adam points out that there's a lot of paper out there. I think he said $1.5 Yep, so it's a no from him, even just based on that. And he just heard the guys talking about Santos. Hold. For Henry, buy for Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Well, guess what? The new edition of the Investment Committee is online right now. So you can continue to see what we're tracking in our high conviction fund. So what were the changes? Going into April, new century was removed. 
WiseTech was added and we increased, well, not me, but we, the investment committee, which includes Henry, uh, did increase the weightings of West Farmers and Lithium, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the reasons for that, and Macquarie Group. So both of those went up by 2% each in terms of weighting. Also, another one and a half percent was added to Boss Resources. So that meant that they had to spend a bit of cash. They had about 11.2% cash heading into April and they spent about 7%. So what happens? Companies that get a double buy on this program get put to the investment committee monthly. They then decide whether it will go into the Osbiz portfolio. Also, if there's two cells for a company that's already in the portfolio, they must discuss. They don't have to agree, but they must discuss whether to take it out. So look, if you've missed it live yesterday, or if you haven't caught up with it yet online, I do encourage you to do so. Uh, it's sitting right there at the top. If you just look under investment committee, I hope you know how to find it easily. I'm, I sometimes am alerted to the fact that some of our viewers aren't fully aware of the functionality of the site, but um, it's pretty good if I do say so myself. All right, let's get to the next companies that are on the list. Minboss Resources, MNB is the ticker code there. Sandfire, so we'll get a chance to talk about copper again. Oh, we'll get a chance to talk about <laughs> oil again as well with Beach Energy and Woodside. West Gold Resources as well. We've got a bit of a theme happening here. Hope we don't run out of things to say. Our sixth stock is coming from, no, never. I mean, they'll talk about banking crisis. You know, you heard it. Theo has written in about Mimboss Resources. He says the stock has huge potential with phosphate fertilizer and also green ammonia potential. So guys, I actually think that this is a really fascinating theme. Food security. Yep. Uh, you know, you can think of the big boys like BHP getting into potash just yep. as, a, as an example. But we do have uh, a few small micro cap plays mm -hmm. here listed locally that, you know, obviously it comes down to management, execution, all the rest of it. But there is potential. Yeah, there is potential. And that's certainly where the stock price is at the moment in that potential land uh, going forward with market cap 120 million. So not. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not too high, so there's obviously there's some ability to have that there as well. Overall, I think it's an interesting one. I certainly think that the production and the in their last quarter they outlined how the uh, the the plant is going to work and how they're going to define the resource, and they've basically said that that resource can go over for 20 years based on all reserves and production schedule that they've outlined in their DFS and ramp up. So. Yeah, it looks interesting. Um, part of the review I sort of looked at, they did a feasibility study on their stage two expansion. So really it's just looking at doubling capacity. So they're still in that sort of building phase. So it's had a good run of late. Um, I don't know, I, if, for me, it would be a hold because I would prefer to be in the BHPs of the world because that's where I think you're gonna get the most lift in this sort of new side of things. But if you're willing to take a little bit of a punt, speculative, um, I would be holding it uh, for future because it does look quite good. Well, and also, I suppose one thing that it's got, now this could be a positive or a negative, is that it's very focused on Africa. So it really aims to be the fertilizer supplier for the commercial farming sector in Africa, but also African farmers, which definitely has a feel-good factor. Does. But that but. doesn't sound big time to me. Well... I guess it's not. It's in Angola. I must admit, when I think of Angola, it's kind of negative connotations, but obviously uh, Africa changes on a daily basis. Mm. I guess, you know, Adam talks about, you know, BHP is a safer bet in this space. Yeah, it is. But the Janssen project is taking an eon. You know, we'll, we, we'll continue, yeah. we, will, we will get a new James Bond film before we get <laughs> the Janssen Potash project even close. Um, Who will be the next? Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Henry's got a view on that one, but anyway. <laughs> I, I do, but I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> but um, this one looks interesting. Fertilizer in Africa, obviously there's a big need for it. There's also the gateway to Europe as well. Uh, they've just cut the capex by redoing uh, the flow diagram of, of how they're going to uh, process it. So I don't think it looks too bad. It, it's, it's a hold, it has run pretty hard. It's back up to 15 cents. Mm. Um, so it's run from sort of eight cents at Christmas time, 15 cents. So it's doing all right. Uh, the cost cutting obviously has been uh, a bit of a catalyst for this one to be re-rated higher. But, you know, fertilizer, Africa, it's, it's, it is feel good. And it is on the doorstep of Europe. 
and we know that feeding the world seven billion people is going to be an increasingly big challenge and it's, now it's something we I don't think we talk about enough but it's going to be a big challenge so this one kind of feel fits. a specky buy coming on no this is a specky hold okay but if but if it drifted back to 12 13 cents i think it would be a specky buy it's just run a little bit hard i think it needs to consolidate a little bit um but um yeah no it's an interesting project i think okay great thank you guys just a bit of an update for those playing along at home the Australian uh, Reserve Bank of Australia Governor Philip Lowe is speaking, and these are from his prepared comments, saying that uh, the pause yesterday does not imply that interest rate hikes and interest rate rises are over. He's saying that inflation has been driven by ever-widening profit margins, which is an interesting one, mm. and saying that while supply-side factors are influencing how fast inflation does, declines, it can't be a reason to tolerate higher inflation on an ongoing basis. So again, he just said that it's prudent to hold rates steady this month to allow more time to assess the impact of past increases at the next meeting. We'll update forecasts as well. So conscious of the lag time and economic uncertainties. I mean, this is all mm. yeah. know, singing from the song Interesting sheet. that he talks about these increasing profit margins. Yeah. I would I, say I, that's, that's called new. gouging. Yeah. You know, the, the, the world has been given permission by the central banks who are endlessly talking about inflation, the world has been given permission to raise rates, to raise prices. Raise prices, yeah. Everywhere you go, people are raising prices. You know, the sticker over the sign in the cafe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everywhere you go, prices are being raised, regardless of whether their input costs are going up or not. It's just, you know, for years and years and years, we had 2 to 3% and there was no inflation. Mm. Well, no official inflation. We all knew there was. Well, there was, yeah. Now... The central banks have said, hey, we've got a real problem with inflation. They've all gone, oh, if we've got a problem with inflation, we can s disguise our profit margins being pushed out. We can disguise that cheese and ham roll going up about a dollar. Just be, you know, really? Well, look, coffee is a perfect example. Yep. You know, coffee yep. prices were sky high. Prices went sky high and they've remained there. Coffee prices are down. Well, when petrol prices went to a dollar, yeah. it didn't go. It maybe flirted there for a bit, but it didn't go back under a dollar when it went to two dollars. It hasn't gone back as well, yeah. so it's going to stay higher for We're longer. sounding old, aren't we? Okay, let's move on from this, but we'll keep an eye on what's coming from uh, the RBA governor. Let's get to Sandfire Resources. This yes. is for Fran. So, yes, Finally. is this your pick? Finally, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, copper pick in the yeah. space. So this is a Number buy one. now. Table thumper. Table thumper buy. Table thumper. Yeah, let's go. Come on. Right, great. Anyway, sorry. Off, off you go. go. No, sorry, no, no need to you. add any more unless you want to say where it's going. Why are you so positive on Sanfi? So year-to-date performance of commodity stocks. Look at that. What a beautiful chart. Look, it's hit yeah, that it more beautiful if you got in in October. Yeah, well, we did. We did. Lots of, okay. lots of lots of clients. So you'd still be yeah. confident buying today at $6.32. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of our buying already. But see see how the chart fell. It, it, it came back down, hit that resistance of 546, yep. 550 and then bounced again, that's fantastic. That means that that potentially is looking to go higher from here. But the outperforming commodities of this year have been gold and copper, we know that. Um, gold, uh, well, it was copper's up around about 7% year to date. Um, and really it does show that overall copper is going to be in deficit in the next three to five years with lack of production. Now, Chile is probably the biggest copper producer in the world. They're going at full tilt and still they cannot get as much copper out of the ground. We know everybody loves copper. BHP's taken over Oz Minerals. That still needs to go through, but that will go through. And so what that does is then, then it leads Sandfire being the only other large cap copper play on our market. So we've started to see all that money starting to flow from Oz Minerals into Sandfire, and that will continue to happen. Sandfire's got a little bit of some warts on it at the moment, where as far as that they've got their, um, I think it's called Mateo, uh, which is the Spanish uh, side of things, which is their, they were going into production by the fourth quarter of this year. And they've got some other in West Africa, they've got some mines there as well, which they're, which they're producing as well. But I really think Sandfire is an outperform. It will do well and will continue to do well as Oz Minerals comes off uh, the boards. Uh, and I, yeah, I like it. I think it's a great business and happy to keep buying it. Henry. Did you do geography at school? No, well, yes, but probably not to the in-depth that you're about to tell me. Botswana. Is not West Africa? No. Okay. Sorry, mate. 
East where, Africa. East Africa. East Africa. Right. It's East, kind of, East Africa. It's sort of South Africa up that side. I thought Tanzania. Okay. It's where you go to on safari. Ah. If you can afford I have, it. I haven't done that yet. Anyway. Um, so, getting back to this one. Spain, Botswana. Uh, very concentrated in copper. It is the copper play of choice, I guess. After all, minerals disappears. Uh, first production on track at Motheo. Uh, if that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Who knows? Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> um, and it all looks kind of good, but you know what? I, I, I know that it is going to be the go-to copper play now that Oz Minerals is gone, but I just can't get it... I, I can't get that excited just mm. yet about copper, only because it's Dr. Copper, it's the global growth, growth. proxy, you know, we, we know that copper is going to be a massive part of electrification. So is lithium, and that, that price is tanking at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think with, with global growth being a little bit questionable at the moment and rates still in the balance, I think copper is going to struggle a smidge, and I think this one is not going to explode out of the blocks as everyone goes, oh, all my oil's mineral money is going to go into um, Samfire. I think it'll take a while to settle down. So for me, it's a hold. Uh, it's got good long-term prospects. Botswana, Spain doing well. Uh, everything's on track. But um, yeah, I'm just not convinced. So it's a court. hold? It's a hold. There were certainly uh, some questions around that Spain and energy costs. Mm. Uh, and basically, the higher their energy costs and getting that copper out of the ground is gonna, going to be difficult for them. But I would say that next year we agree, Henry, that the growth is going to continue as of next year and the year after. Yeah, they've and, got a new CEO as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if growth is going to happen and if Dr. Copper is the is is the growth engine, if we're looking one to two years ahead, potentially, uh, Sam Fire, I think, is a good buy. Okay. You're allowed to disagree. Yeah, no, we, we have. have. And then this is where <laughs> we I have. say... We disagree on where yeah. Botswana is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are facts out there. But anyways, um, that's when I do say, remember, this is information only. This is not tailored to your own personal circumstances. It's not financial advice. So you have to do your own research. But Fran, hope, hope that helps <laughs> if it uh, didn't make it clear as mud. All right, let's get to Beach Energy. <laughs> and this has been picked by Theo. Theo, thanks for writing in. You can send us your requests at the call at osbiz.com.au. Uh, we've got Beach Energy next on the list. So buy from Bell Potter, buy Ords, buy Morgans, buy City, buy UBS, underweight Morgan Stanley. Mm. Um, what can we add to the story of Beach Energy insofar as the fact that it's the smaller end of the spectrum? I mean, what does Beach have that would make it special or not? Well, um, look, certainly upping the dividend yield, I think is one, I mean, that means obviously that there's a fair bit of cash sitting in the balance sheet at the moment. Um, So that remains quite robust uh, going forward. They did lower their guidance or full year 2023 guidance. The company did lower that production by sort of nine to uh, 20 million barrels of, uh, of equivalent or um, whatnot. They've also increased their operating expenses as well. So lowering production, increasing operating expenses. Seems that overall, um, I think it's going to be looking okay. On the chart there, I reckon it's a buy because I think there's still some price lift to happen on that one. But the Ottaway development uh, is looking, uh, they're doing an environmental plan at the moment, so we're going to go to see what's happening there. And they're Perth-based exploration, so trying to keep some more oil flowing as well. Um, there is a bit of risk with that one as well. So, look, I'm going to stay with a buy on it because I think overall there is some uplift in there. But again, I'm always going to stay with the top end of the market, so it's Woodside and Santos for me. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Henry, Beach Energy. I, Beach Energy has been a perennial disappointer, let's mm. face it. Kerry Stokes owns around 30%. Uh, it has been a perennial disappointment, I have to say. And we did have a bit of a shock uh, last year in terms of the reserve statement. They've also pulled production guidance. Uh, and then didn't, not, they mis, didn't they do that? Uh, they misrepresented their yeah, there was, there the was, reserves. Yeah, a bit of a trust issue yeah. appeared okay. in, the, uh, in the way they were counting their reserves. So that is never really a great sign. Uh, they are going to update the market about production guidance in August. So we've got a long time to wait. Adam's right about Otway and Waitsia is um, questionable. Mm. Costs are rising. They've said that in the, uh, in the last announcements. They were talking about industry cost pressures have escalated. 
I still prefer Karoon over Beach. And really and truly, you know, it's, it's bounced well off the bottom, which is good. But is there more bounce to come? You know, it could get to $1.60, but not very exciting. I think we need to hear more from them in August. Uh, obviously, they'll ride the oil and gas wave if there is one uh, with the price at the moment. But for me, it's a hold. I can't get excited about Beach. Much prefer Karoon. It's, um, it's just better. Mm. If you take anything away from this program, it's that Henry Jennings from Marcus Today <laughs> likes Karoon. K-A-R is the I haven't got any PA, so <laughs> <laughs> there we go. WGX, West Gold Resources is the next company on the list. This one has been picked by Tan. Uh, Henry, let's start with you on this one. Well, West Gold has had a, a really, really great bounce, let's face it, as has the gold price. It's one of the, one of the sort of the go-to gold stocks in the second tier after the sort of Northern Star Newcrest, which of course has got the Newmont bid uh, merger sort of lurking in the background. I, I don't mind this, but you've got to like gold. Do you think gold at 2000 is cheap? If you do, then West Gold are continuing to push higher. So um, I think gold will consolidate. It's had a go at 2000 a couple of times and failed to push through. I think it needs to consolidate and then it will go higher later this year. But um, West Gold's had a pretty good run. I think I'd be tempted to take some profits. I've got DeGray. Uh, in my small cap portfolio, which seemed to be stuck at a dollar fifty-five, no matter what the gold price did, mm-hmm. and today it's actually gone through one hundred and sixty, which is good. Um, but uh, this one's had a, a pretty good run from its lows. It got slapped about after some production issues, and it was above two bucks, and then just got crucified. But it has fought its way back thanks to the gold price. But I think the golds, golds, you got to you got to buy and sell golds. Yeah, so that's a sell. Pull, you got yeah. 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 Let's put Take it profits. Sell. Take profits. Take profits. Uh, do you think there'll be some more M&A in the space, though? I mean, there was amongst the big players. Obviously, we know what's going on with Newcrest and Newmont. I, th- I, mean- I think there is. You know, the, the Newcrest-Newmont thing is still a bit kind of up in the air. Yeah. We've got the Genesis-St. Barbara thing, which now that's up in the air as well, because yeah. St. Barbara have, have actually, their production's not as big, and their debt's blown out a little bit, which kind of throws the whole deal into... Uh, yeah a bit of disarray and they're renegotiating. So that's interesting. And then you've got this tech deal that's going on at the moment. So there is some M&A in the resource space and I wouldn't be surprised to see more, but I'm not sure West Gold is gonna be on the menu for that M&A. Adam Westgold. Yeah, just looking at the chart there before, it certainly looks like it's broken out or it's started to move higher uh, going forward. Um, they did say that there was a softer first half, but then the second half should be, yeah, so as you can see, really starting to sort of tick up a little bit. Um, they did say softer half uh, and, and potentially a second half better to come going for. They did take no change to their guidance. They're going to be producing around 240 to 260,000 uh, ounces of gold, which in all in sustaining costs is around 1,900 to 2,000 Aussie dollars an ounce. So at, with the gold price coming up here, they look like they're in profitability. But what you've got to be really careful of is when the gold price does come back, and we know as a commodity and as a cycle, it will come back, that these marginal producers, when I say marginal producers, the higher end of the cost curve producers. Now, Newcrest is our lowest cost producer uh, in in Australia and probably close to the world with a 20-year mine life. Hence why Newmont wants it, because they've got a seven-year mine life. Wow. So they really need more production going through, and, and Newcrest is one of the lowest cost producers. So these guys at a marginal production at that sort of $2,000 an ounce, really, if the gold price does come back, these ones will come back and they become non-profitable again, and that's where you get holding the bag on these things. So I'm agreeing with Henry. I think it's a sell. You take some profits while you can because we know that the gold price, it might take six months, but the gold price will come back. It is all cyclical. And you just got to be careful of these marginal producers at that higher level. Okay. Bear in mind, though, that $2,000 is Aussie dollars. Yes, correct. And I was very... To stipulate that it was Australian dollars, because okay. I know I'm, that you I must pull, have nodded off there. You, for a you, you pulled me apart <laughs> on that one before when I've said, "Oh, US two thousand. That's okay. Like, He's picking on your geography today. Yes, no, that's that's okay. Okay. Well, it, the Bank of Japan biggest. hasn't come out yet, so I'm, I'm okay. So that was okay. a hold, was it? No, it was a sell. Sell, I'm sell. Saying, okay, I'm, two I'm sells. With, sorry, sorry. Oh, double one. sell. 
I didn't nod off, but I did note that the RBNZ. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is it, is it I'm the dulcet tones? No, is it? no. I just got distracted. The RBNZ lifted rates by 50 basis points. Really? Yep. Today. Today. Just a minute ago. Just a minute ago. Just as we got drugs? on air. That's what a are lot. They doing? I mean, we're bring back your center. That's what I say. Yes. Would have happened under your center. Definitely pushing the uh, NZ oh. into recession. Is some of the that commentary out exactly there. That is exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. But there's not many of them. So. Um, we still do have Philip Lowe speaking. So don't forget that's ongoing. It's really action-packed here right now. We've got one more stock to get through. I already know Adam's view on this one. Liza, sorry to steal the thunder, but Woodside. What does Henry think of gas and oil? Is it Karoon? Yeah, oh, Karoon. That's right. right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> am I talking about Woodside? Why not? Just Athlete. give me the lowdown. Land the lowdown. Um, transformative year for uh, Woodside this year and obviously last year as well taking over the oil and gas assets from BHP. That's now started to move through. They've lifted their dividend. Everything looks pretty good. However, there is, I think it's peak dividend for Woodside uh, going forward. There is some regulatory um, threats with the East Coast gas intervention. So we've got to be careful about that. But also I think they've talked about higher cost prices, CapEx moving in, in, the, in the wrong direction. So look, Woodside is definitely a buy from me. It is a well-run business that has been performing very, very well. It broke out of its ASX energy peer groups over the last while, so it has sort of outperformed, as you can see by the chart overall. Um, I expect that Woodside will maintain or somewhat, the, the dividend has come back, but there is still gonna be a very good dividend paying stock. So for me, it's a buy. Ooh. Um, for me, it's a hold. I have to say, it does look as if it wants to push a little bit higher and, yep. and back into the, the range where it's been for a long time. Uh, it did get well and truly oversold. It, you know, you could nearly buy it at 30 bucks, yeah. which is unheard of in Woodside. So, especially given what it did last year with the BHP assets. So, I think this one's got potential upside. So, I guess in that respect, it is a buy. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not an aggressive buy. I would prefer Karoon. <laughs> Boy, I'll write that one down. Karoon. Yeah, don't forget that one. Yeah, don't forget that one. Yeah, you're going to hold me to that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> one show. day it'll be stock of the day. One day. Okay. All right. Let's go through what we've learned in the second half, um, other than silliness, really. Minboss Resources. It is a specky hold for Henry. That's another new invention, but only because he's saying he'd rather buy it at between 12 and 13 cents. It's a hold for Adam if you're in it, but he would, again, prefer to be in the BHPs of the world. Sandfire Resources, it's a table-thumping buy for Adam. It's just a hold for Henry. He says not, not quite yet for copper, which is a bit surprising. Um, we've got Beach Energy on the list. It is a hold for Henry. He would prefer to buy Karoon. <laughs> it is a hold for... Adam, he would prefer to buy Woodside, as you just heard. West Gold Resources is a sell for both of my guests, so take some profits. Part of investing is knowing when to capitalize and crystallize, I should say, your gains. And you just heard the verdict on Woodside and, again, Karoon. <laughs> so that was a good hour. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We always appreciate it and really appreciate having <laughs> you both in studio. See how much fun we can have when Absolutely. we're all sitting and around ties. the table together. Ooh. And ties. All right, you can email us at thecall at osbiz.com.au. Please do check out that new edition of the Investment Committee that is live online now. Andrew Gagan will take you through uh, the pulse. So we'll be talking about RBNZ, that 50 basis point hike. That is so punchy. And we'll be talking about Philip Lowe and the commentary coming through as to why they have decided to pause on rates, at least for now, is what they're telling us. Plenty more to come. Stay with us. Mm -hmm.